Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Give them a call. You can find out more by visiting the website johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw. He's the co-founder of the Citizens Alliance, uh, Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll be speaking to him about the lawsuit filed by the National Education Association against Governor DeSantis for the efforts to open public schools. We'll visit with Byron Donalds, our state representative and candidate for U.S. Congress. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. We'll be talking about his latest column, Most Annoying When Thieves Pretend They're Stealing to Help You. <laughs> and uh, former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be joining us as well. It is July the 23rd, and on this day in 1967, the Detroit riots were among the most bloody in American history, and that's when they started. The strife occurred during a period of Detroit's history when once a fluid city was struggling economically and race relations nationwide were at an all-time low. The Detroit Police Department's vice squad often raided illegal drinking establishments in the city's poor neighborhoods. Figure that strategy out. And in, at 3.35 a.m. on Sunday morning, July the 23rd, they moved against a club that was hosting a party for returning Vietnam War veterans. The early morning po uh, police activity drew a crowd of onlookers, and the situation rapidly deteriorated. Now, remind you, this is 3.35 in the morning. Soon, thousands of people had spilled onto the street from nearby buildings, throwing rocks and bottles at the police, who quickly fled the scene. Looting began on the 12th Street, when the club uh, was located and shops and businesses were ransacked. By dawn, the first fire broke out, and soon much of the street was ablaze. By mid-morning, every policeman and fireman in Detroit was called to duty. Back on 12th Street, officers struggled to control the crowd. The rioting continued all week, and the U.S. Army and National Guard were called in to quell the worst of the violence. By the time the bloodshed, burning, and looting ended, by after five days, some 43 people were dead, 43, uh, many more seriously injured, and nearly 1,400 buildings had been burned or ransacked. That happened on this day in 1967. It's kind of deja vu, isn't it? We're starting to live this stuff all over again. And as a consequence, President Donald Trump announced Wednesday a surge of federal forces to cities around the country as part of the Operation Legend, an initiative to reduce violent crime in several cities across the country. President Trump announced the Department of Defense would immediately send federal law enforcement agents to Chicago and Albuquerque. He said the offices and agents from several federal agencies will be head to Chicago to, to help local efforts. He said officers were headed to other cities, but only mentioned those two cities by name on Wednesday. He also announced a $61 million avail available in grants for uh, organizations, municipalities to hire officers as part of Operation Legend. We will not defund the police. We will hire more great police, President Trump said. By the way, this Operation Legend is named after a little boy that was killed I believe it was in Kansas City, shot, I think he was three or four years old, in his bed uh, because of the violence in uh, Kansas City. It was over 100 people that have been killed there. On July the 8th, Attorney General William Barr launched the initiative by sending several agents to Kansas City. Uh, where violent crime is up 40%. Barr said Operation Legend is the result of more than a year of work to create an anti-crime task force in large cities around the country. He said that the officers are classic crime fighters and are not part of the efforts to protect federal property. Of course, not all cities have been receptive to this. As you may know, Chicago Mayor Lightfoot Lori Lightfoot has signaled she would not welcome the agents, and New York Mayor Bill de Blasio has threatened to file a lawsuit to keep agents out. Come on, let them burn down the city. New York City is going to turn into a complete ghost town if they continue having him as mayor, my opinion. On Wednesday, mayors from 13 major U.S. cities signed a letter asking Barr and Acting Homeland Security uh, Secretary Chad Wolf to remove the agents from their cities. 
The Trump administration has already deployed federal agents to streets of Portland in the hopes of quelling anti-police brutality protests in the city. By the way, the mayor of Portland went out uh, with the protesters yesterday and the looters and the gangs and the, where all the fires were. And uh, I guess he was trying to appease the uh, protesters. Well, they said you know, they wanted him to resign, started pushing his bodyguards around, and uh, he ended up... I'm sure, chased back into where he, where he came from. The agents present in the city have ratcheted up the intensity of the protests in recent days as agents have deployed tear gas and have been seen hitting and punching protesters. According to Customs and Border Patrol, its agents were sent to Portland as part of President Trump's executive order aimed at protecting monument statues, not as part of Operation Legend. So there you go. Uh, that's what's happening in the United States. Of course, all of this, in my opinion, is being financed by George, the likes of George Soros. I'm not sure it's him, but organizations like his who are trying to destroy the culture in the United States and trying to overthrow the rule of law and establish socialism, communism, and anarchy, frankly. Well, there have been 173 new cases of COVID-19 and five additional deaths in Cuyahoga County yesterday. The total rate now is a deaths is at 114, with a total of 8,249 confirmed cases out of 52,680 tests. A total of 555 people in Cuyahoga County have been hospitalized, but most of them released. Yesterday was the first day of the Cuyahoga County mask mandate. So I dutifully took my mask. I was going to play golf yesterday. Went to a club. They had masks available if you didn't have one. And everything seemed to be going on as normal, paying attention to and complying with the mandate uh, from uh, the Cuyahoga County uh, commissioners saying that everybody has to wear a mask if they're in public places. Uh, public employees, public's employees, by the way, have had a surge in new cases. They've been wearing masks for a long time. Why are they having a surge in cases that they've been wearing masks? Just asking. Cuyahoga County children with a 42%, 42.7% positivity rate, according to a state Department of Health, uh, and uh, that's a high rate of, uh, of infection, 42.7%. But, of course, the kids aren't getting very sick. They're just basically carrying around the uh, virus. And I've seen reports that say they're not getting it from each other. They're getting it from home. Uh, Florida public schools should allow parents the choice of what's best for their children with either in-person uh, education or distance learning in the fall. That, according to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, he said in a televised address yesterday, the announcement comes as school districts throughout uh, Florida continue to struggle with how to safely return children and staff to classrooms in August. Florida reportedly has 139 deaths among residents from the novel coronavirus Wednesday. That's the highest since the record 156 on July the 16th. Now, I'll remind you that that reported 156 uh, that happened in that 24-hour period. The reality is that there are only 54 deaths in that period. Uh, they had accumulated and included some deaths that hadn't previously been counted for as much as two weeks before that. Why is that happening? Well, in any event, the Florida Department of Health also reported 9,785 new infections on Wednesday, increasing the state's total to 379,619. Now, I'll remind you that, of course, uh, there have been way overblown reporting on infections. Uh, the VA, as I recall, had 73% infection rate, when in fact the real reality of it was about 6% infection rate. So for whatever reason, some of these agencies have been over-reporting uh, the results the choice before us is whether we change, uh, face the challenge or allow ourselves to be paralyzed by fear, said Governor DeSantis. His announcement did not completely walk back Florida Education Commissioner Richard Corcoran's, Corcoran's recent emergency order mandating schools, districts to open at least five days a week. But DeSantis added that districts that need additional weeks to prepare for reopening schools should have it and that teachers who need to work remotely should have, through the uh, pandemic, should be allowed to do so. We just find a way to make it happen, he said, and while the risk for students from in-person learning is low, the cost of keeping schools closed is also enormous, said Governor DeSantis. The governor said the most important thing about schools reopening is that parents have a choice. 
He cited educational gaps made worse by remote learning during the pandemic and mental, physical, and health concerns as children and teenagers quarantine with families. To our students, you are the future of Florida, said DeSantis. Let's not let fear get the best of us and harm our children in the process. In his speech Wednesday, DeSantis told Floridians that many people seem to be forget that the state has not closed child care centers during the pandemic. I did not know that, which he said it was used to support the state's logic of reopening schools. Together we can persevere this, DeSantis said. Together we can get through this difficult chapter. Good for him. What great leadership from Governor DeSantis. And, of course, the press continues to fan the flames of fear, uh, pandemic porn, as I've heard it called, uh, for example, over-reporting deaths, over-reporting cases, and so forth. Uh, the case that we, we heard about, 47% uh, of kids, 42% of kids, 42.7% uh, becoming infected in, in uh, Collier County, or no, I guess that was Florida, uh, that number should, said the kids are getting infected, but they're not demonstrating a lot of symptoms, most of them asymptomatic, some having some mild uh uh, symptoms of coronavirus. We should open the schools. Governor DeSantis is exactly right. Okay, coming up, uh, we're going to visit with Keith Flaw. He's the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Gulf Shore Playhouse, devoted to creating professional New York-style theater at its very best and at affordable prices, presents a fabulous new season of productions beginning in November with a world premiere of a one-man show written by and starring the talented associate artistic director of Gulf Shore Playhouse, Jeffrey Bender. Pinup Girls opens in January, singing a cavalcade of hits inspired by real letters from our troops overseas. Inspired by what they find funny, romantic, heartbreaking, and sexy, the ladies put on a show that celebrate the guys and gals who fight to defend our country. Bang Bang opens in March, written by legendary actor of Monty Python fame, John Cleese. You'll surely be wiping away tears of laughter with this one. William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream opens in March. Meddling parents, impetuous young lovers, and cunning fairies collide in Shakespeare's enchanting classic. Another Revolution by Jacqueline Bircher opens in May. You won't want to miss this timely new work about finding hope in one another through the uncertainty of the world around us. What a terrific season of productions. Tickets for this great new season are available now. Tickets start at only $38. Tickets can be purchased by calling the box office at 866-811-4111 or visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse. Not only bringing you great professional New York-style theater at its very best, but also great summer programs for kids. You can find out more by visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw. Keith is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Sure, Bob. It's good to see you this morning. Thank you, uh, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a 
501c3 nonpartisan uh, coalition of well over 100 groups and 60,000 plus people that, and we focus on K through 12 education reform. Um, really trying to get the indoctrination out of our schools who are huge advocates for um, the, the various parental choice options, the, the voucher programs, or we call them scholarships here. And, and uh, we're actually uh, really right now promoting homeschooling, uh, faith-based homeschooling, because of the, the COVID virus and the parents not being willing to send their kids back into that uh, government environment. Yeah, so I want to talk to you about that in just a moment. Before I do that, I just want to do a little shout-out to you for showing up at the commissioner's uh, meeting this emergency meeting that was called to uh, pass the mask mandate, I'll call it. And it was great to see you there. I know you spoke at the event, and uh, Alfie Oaks, of course, was <laughs> he was fantastic. Uh, any yeah. thoughts on that? Well, it was frustrating. It was, uh, you know, I don't know if your uh, listeners know the background, but uh, this was the fourth time in, in almost as many weeks that they've met. Uh, a week ago, uh, they voted three to two not to do a mask mandate. Uh, and then Penny Taylor flipped. Uh, she actually explained, it was crazy logic, but she explained her logic at the beginning of the event. Um, she pointed to two um, uh, two ladies who up in Missouri run a, a, a beauty parlor and, uh, um, and used that as an excuse um, and then turned around and read a list of, I don't know, there were 12, 15 large businesses that had put pressure on her um, my understanding is that uh, she, her real concern was, or their concern, their business concern was, uh, they were stepping up individually, but they thought it was really important for government to give them cover. So yeah. she caved, and they voted three to two. So it was frustrating. There were a lot of us there who were talking, not just me. Uh, there were a lot of us there who uh, were speaking up for the, uh, you know, for the right and responsibility for people to do this individually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my, my, you know, there, there, there's no empirical evidence that masks help. In fact, there's uh, quite a bit of evidence that lay people wearing masks uh, and constantly touching their masks um, actually help spread uh, the, 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 this thing. Well, and it, other, not only that, but wearing a mask for an extended period of time, I've heard of stories of people getting headaches, of getting, <laughs> you know, it actually uh, represses your own Im immune system. I mean, it's just not natural yeah. to, to, to live that. So you're breathing in, you know, one of the ways that you get rid of the uh, particulates and the uh, garbage in your body is to exhale, right? So right. <laughs> and yeah, there, there, there's also, yeah, OSHA actually, uh, if you go to their website, uh, it's really dangerous uh, to wear a mask. Uh, you're cutting down your oxygen levels. You're breathing your own carbon dioxide instead. Right. And and uh, many people, uh, it becomes life-threatening. Many people's oxygen level drop below the 19.5%. So, well, it's... Uh, well, uh, we'll get through this, I'm quite certain, but I do want to move on to uh, another important issue, which is... Oh, and by the way, there is an uh, event on uh, 5 o'clock on Friday, and it'll be... a uh, protest against this mask mandate and it's going to be in the government center at five o'clock and just encourage our listeners to i don't know where you can find out more but uh um, i'll be putting out a a, a note today um to to a large group of, of followers for florida citizens alliance so i'll be getting the word out outstanding as well so uh the uh, florida education association has decided they're going to file a lawsuit against the governor and other state leaders claiming that reopening schools in august will create an unsafe environment due to the coronavirus pandemic can you yeah. can you believe it of course we can believe it what are your thoughts well a number of thoughts uh it's being filed in miami-dade 11th circuit court it's being filed in state court uh, I got to believe the governor and Corcoran anticipated this, so they're prepared for that. Right. Uh, it's an injunction that they're seeking, and as soon as, uh, I, you know, my guess is, and it's just speculation, but my guess is the uh, 11th Circuit Court, uh, which is fairly liberal, will side with the NEA. Mm -hmm. but that'll that'll escalate it immediately to the Supreme Court in Florida, which is a 6-1 court for DeSantis so, and, and conservative views. So. Uh, I got to believe uh, that this is anticipated, um, but you know one never knows. Uh, the uh, if you look at uh, the lawsuit, um, you know it's just based on, in, in my my view, a total um, misrepresentation of what uh, Corcoran's executive order is actually doing. Yeah. It just basically gave them options, yeah. the school district's options, and it tied some funding to 
to those options. Um, it still gives a wide range of what they can do um, and, and, and should be doing. So it'll be interesting to see it play out. Uh, you know, I obviously hope that um, we open our schools. If we don't open our schools, uh, you know, the fear. And, and think about what this is doing psychologically to our kids. Absolutely. So, you know, and Keith, here's the thing, too. I mean, where is the priority of kids and their education for the Florida Education Association? They seem to be the forgotten party in this entire process here. And uh, I think... I, 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 I would question your use of the word seem. They are. They don't <laughs> <Yeah>. seem to be. <laughs> well, I'd always uh, give the benefit of the doubt, but uh, you are absolutely right. And uh, the, the thing is that the, our, our system is so gummed up by uh, interests beyond what uh, is best for the kids that uh, we've got to figure out some way to push the restore button. And I think that's through what you're advocating, which is school choice, parental choice, uh, charter schools, homeschooling, and the like. Uh, we've, uh, if people want to go to our website, uh, we're working closely with uh, Classical Conversations, which is a faith-based uh, co-op program. So parents can come together in groups of, you know, 8, 10, uh, up to 20, 30 parents. And then they take responsibility and become the teachers for their kids. And yeah. it's, not, it's not like one parent having to take on the responsibility for their one or two or three kids. It's a co-op, and they work together. Yeah. as a community. So it's a great opportunity. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're also promoting uh, Freedom Project Academy, which is uh, an online um, classical education that, that kids can take. And so uh, there's plenty of other opportunities out there. Uh, besides trying to put your kids back into these uh, failing government schools. So. Absolutely. Plus, I'm, I'm serving on the board of the Optum Education Foundation, Optum Foundation, and uh, they are starting charter schools. We're going to start another one here in uh, Naples, North Naples, uh, coming up in the next year. So uh, that's another alternative as well. So, Keith, you're just doing God's work, in my opinion. I just really appreciate what you and Pastor Rick Stevens have accomplished here in the last eight years or nine years. I encourage our listeners to go to the website, goflca.org, or is it .com? No, it's either one. We bought both, so there's no confusion. Okay. You can do either. <laughs> okay, goflca.com or org. Please visit the website. There's so much great information on the website, including uh, what's coming up this Friday. Keith, always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Have a great weekend. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Byron Donalds, a candidate for U.S. Congress. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC 
Tennessee goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NEDC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs, among other things, to help get people off welfare and back to work. And you can find out more by visiting thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state representative and candidate for U.S. Congress, Byron Donalds. Byron, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. How are you? I'm great, Byron. I hope you're doing well as well. I'm doing good. I am. It's a crazy time right now, but personally, doing great. Excellent. Well, of course, the uh, mail-in ballots have been sent out. I've uh, filled in my ballot and sent it back, voting for you, of course. And uh, you know, as we talked about last week on the show, there's a lot of negative ads being run right now, impugning and uh, making disparaging comments about you and some of your competitors, which, you know, totally taken out of context and so forth. But it's so disappointing to see this kind of behavior conspicuously absent from the activity, of course, is seeing any negative ads for you. Is that a conscious decision on your part? Yeah, we made a decision as a campaign a while ago that, the best thing we could do is just stay focused on our campaign and, and really promoting um, me as a as a candidate and and the things I believe in and stand for. You know, we we know we have the the best record in this race, the best conservative record in this race. Frankly, I I tell uh, supporters and and certain people who have questions that my opponents wish they had my record, but I don't want theirs. Mm-hmm. And so we know we know we have that. Um, and so, you know, it's it's one of those things when you when you know that you have when you're in terms of being the best candidate in the field, you just want to stay focused on that. Unfortunately, you know, my opponents, you know, they were losing. And so when you're losing, the only thing you can try to do is drag down the person who's who's taken off. And, you know, that's what Casey Asgar is doing. And that's what, uh you know, the Super PAC supporting Dane Eagle. That's what that's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and it's it's sad because, you know, both of those gentlemen, you know, they, they just I don't think they're going to win. Yeah. And but because, you know, their their political consultants are invested in their success. They're saying well, they're telling them, well, look, now you got to go. You have to go negative. It's um, so disappointing. It's especially sad with Casey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is so disappointing, and uh, and here's the thing too. I mean, uh, you see Nancy Pelosi and some of these other people up in Congress, and you say they're you know really kind of slimy characters, in my opinion. And you'd hate to think that somebody like that would get elected as a consequence, and he'd be part of the swamp, as it were, because of the behavior of uh, impugning somebody else's character in a false way. Yeah, and I, I mean, look, I, let me talk specifically to to the accusations, Bob. I mean, and I'll just really use what Casey's doing because it's pretty much the one that's heavy in rotation. You know, Casey's uh, talking about how I, I lied on the government application um, and that I was arrested multiple times, but he won't give any context to what actually is the case. When I was 18 and 20 years old, yes, I was arrested. 18 and 20, I was in college. It was more than 20 years ago. Um, I was young and stupid. I made a lot of bad decisions, and I regret them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he won't tell people, obviously, um, all the work I've done in Southwest Florida, the 20 years I've lived here. He won't do that. The 17 years I've lived in Naples. Um, you know, he took quotes off my Facebook page or comments off my Facebook page from 2011, long before Donald Trump was running for the presidency. Mm-hmm. But he throws them out there as if they're happening today. It's so bad that on Facebook messages, you can, the dates, everything is date stamped and time stamped. Um, he won't show the dates. Mm-hmm. He just throws them out there as if they happened last year. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so unfortunate because voters, there's a lot of voters for the first time, or this is the first time they're ever hearing about any of us. And so when you just throw this stuff out there and you don't put it into context, 
frankly, you're no better than CNN, in my opinion. I would agree and with that. That's exactly what he and his campaign team are, are doing. They are misrepresenting the facts on purpose. And then the uh, the latest thing that's coming up now, it shows their real desperation, is because I was a registered Democrat up until 2010. Uh, now they're sitting throwing out going out there saying that I'm a liberal. Uh, Obama supporter, <laughs> former Democrat. And the craziest thing about that, Bob, is is that, you know, if people actually looked at our records and really did their research, they realized I'm the most conservative person in this field. But when you're desperate and you're losing, this is what you do as yeah. a campaign. And it's really sad. Well, it is sad. And, and it, by the way, this is not the first time. Every campaign cycle, you see the same type of thing happening when the mail ba- mail out ballots go, uh, go out. So does the dirty, the mudslinging start. And it's always from the people that are in the back of the pack who aren't uh, leading the, uh, the, the race. So I just encourage our listeners to... Uh, investigate. Go to byrondonalds.com and get to know Byron. And go to uh, James Madison Institute. They have uh, uh, done their own research on Byron's record as a state representative. He gets an A+. Plus. I've done my research on this. Uh, and when you see the context of uh, Byron, again, and working and debating other candidates, Byron just comes out head and shoulders above his competitors. You can see that on the Florida Citizens Alliance we- uh, website. So, uh, Byron, I just uh, just really, of course, I support you, uh, but I, uh, uh, people could say, well, I'm very biased, but I'm not because I actually have taken a look at the records of everybody that's involved in this and uh, just wish you well in your campaign. Oh, one quick thing to add. Um, this week, uh, we actually, I received the endorsement from the NRA. And it's, this, now, this is important. The reason why the NRA is endorsing my campaign for Congress and they don't endorse in many open primaries, mm-hmm. but they're doing it in this one because uh, two years ago there was a bill that came before the legislature. Um, it was after the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting. The Republican-controlled legislature, when we put together our school safety bill, they put in gun control. The Republican-led legislature mm-hmm. put in uh, red flag laws, and they raised the age to buy shotguns and rifles in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. I was one of 19 Republicans that voted against that bill. And the Republican leadership tried to get me to change my vote. They wanted me to be a team player, quote-unquote. But I voted against that bill. One of the reasons Dane Eagle's attacking me, or or him and his super PAC, is because Dane Eagle voted for that bill. And that's why the NRA gave him a C. Because when it came time to actually stand up for constitutional rights, he decided to stand with Republican leadership. And so it's important that the people know this, because... What they're trying to do is just spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to rewrite history. That's no better than what the left tries to do every single day. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And congratulations on the uh, endorsement of the NEA or the uh, National Rifle Association. How about also the endorsement of the Club for Growth? That is a big deal, Byron. So you were selected by the Club for Growth. They, they Club for Growth basically makes a selection on candidates based strictly on uh, economic issues, on issues about the economy and what's best for uh, fiscal type issues. And they selected you from the field here. So and they don't. They don't participate in every primary uh, uh, across the United States either. Right? No, they do not. They're very, very picky about the candidates they choose to support. Uh, You have to have a proven record of standing for economic liberty. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just, you know, I think it's if people go and do their research, the choice is clear in this in this election about who should go to Congress. And so that's what my hope is. I hope that they don't fall for the the fake news. in these in these television ads and in these mail pieces that they actually do go do their homework and and that I can have their support and their vote yeah, if you have any doubts at all, go to byrondonalds.com. Byrondonalds.com is the website. But Byron, I want to talk to you about so many other international or national issues too. Uh, can you make a quick comment about the president sending in uh, this? Uh, I guess what is the name of the uh, operation? I forgot. Legend. That's it. Operation Legend. Any thoughts about that? Well, I think it's important because you have you have these liberal mayors who have decided to play politics with public safety in the inner city. That's exactly what they're doing. They're playing politics. They're trying to make sure that America looks like a nation that is torn asunder, and they want to put that at the feet of Donald Trump. And it's flat out wrong. Um, what the president is doing, which is he's well within his authority to do, is to send federal law enforcement in to protect federal buildings and federal infrastructure. Because these liberal mayors are just allowing people to just destroy and desecrate 
not just monuments, but also federal buildings. And so the president's had enough. He's not going to sit there and watch. And they're doing it on purpose, Bob. That's what's so frustrating about this. Yeah. It's not as if these mayors are overwhelmed and there's a, there's a force that they can't control. These liberal mayors, like in Portland and New York and Chicago, they could easily control these, 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 these rioters, these vandals. They're doing it on purpose and not controlling it, not yeah. controlling the situation. And so the president hasn't, doesn't have a choice. He's doing the right thing. Uh, because the American people are watching, and they're watching the people who are, frankly, letting uh, madness occur and the people who are standing up and actually leading. And the president's leading, and I support his decision. Absolutely. Again, ByronDonalds.com is the website. Byron, I just wish you all the best. Thank you so much for taking time this morning. Thanks for having me, Bob. You have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Byron. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, uh, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For the best in food and drink, as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road, and it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Yeah, a little shout-out to uh, Lula B's Diner there in Green Tree Shopping Center that does so much to support St. Matthew's House. And uh, right now, I'm having some construction there in the mall, and I hope you'll go by and have breakfast or lunch. It's a great place. Again, Lula B's Diner in the Green Tree uh, Shopping Center uh, on the corner of uh, uh, Airport Pulling and Immokalee. Uh, coming up, we're going to be visiting with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. As I mentioned before the break, he is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. How are you? I'm well. I'm hoping you're doing well. Yes, sir. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and uh, we're having another debate whether to spend one or three trillion dollars on uh, flu. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I really appreciate your latest column. Uh, most annoying when thieves pretend they're stealing to help you. The way that sounds just like government. And you came, kind of came clean with your own personal story. Maybe you could tell us about well, it. Well, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting, even as we speak, in Goodland, Florida, for people in Naples. That's pretty close. Yep. Um, and I bought the house in 2017 in February, and then in September 10th, uh, Irma flooded it and destroyed it. <laughs> so oh, wow. I had to build a new house. And, you know, first of all, the federal flood insurance was a ripoff. Uh, <laughs> I got $63,300 total for my house and all its contents. I'd like to invite everybody listening to try to build a new house for $63,000. <laughs> um, then the county kicks in. And I probably had to put $200,000 worth of, 
things into the house that I didn't want and made no sense to, uh, at all yeah. whatsoever. Right. Um, they, of course, they're doing all this in the interest of helping me. You know, because I don't have the self-interest to build a house that won't collapse on my head. <laughs> um, they have to make sure that the house won't collapse on my head because I'm too stupid to have this. You know, the genetic predisposition to not have the house I'm building collapse on my head. Um, but th- this happens all the time with 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 government um, and and leftists too. And of course, leftists oftentimes implement their stealing, their manipulation, their abuse of you with government. That's how they do it. They don't, you know, you'll notice that most bureaucrats with, with, with which you deal in the private sector could acquire no power or success or authority whatsoever. So they had to go get government to do it for them. And then they wield it like a scimitar against you because you're successful, and they, you know, and and you, they couldn't be, and that's again, this is human nature, and um, so I'm I'm, ta- I'm I'm guessing here, Seton, that the entire spe- experience as you would rate it probably is not positive. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not a, a positive experience. I, I'll I'll pick one of the little gems out of the process, which was. Uh, they, my house, my original house was built in 50. They came back to me and said, they kept pushing us back on where I wanted to put that new house in the corner on the water. And they kept pushing back and they wouldn't tell us why. And finally they told us, well, there's a, we have a 1958 plat that says there's an invisible line, uh, eight feet behind the seawall and you don't own that eight feet. At which point, by the way, my contractor was so fed up, he said, I'm quitting the job. Hmm. And I said, seriously, please hold on. Let me, let me. I'll, I'll wait in on this. So I called the county and I said, if I don't own the eight feet, who does? And there's this long silence, and then the bureaucrat says, well, no one. I said, well, then no one owes me three grand because I built, dug a French drain behind no one's seawall while I was down there. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, then it turned out that, of course, the title company hadn't delivered me a clean title. So thankfully, a month of their lawyer chasing the county around. All of a sudden, the, 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 the invisible line magically disappeared. And then, of course, the first thing the county did after making the line disappear was increase my property taxes because I own more property. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So, uh, you know, I've heard this story a million times. It's so sad, really. And uh, yeah, go uh, ahead. Another example. This is an 1,100-square-foot house, obviously not very large. On the short side, which faces the water, I wanted to put wall-to-wall glass. They say if, if they, the windows, the maximum size window they would allow, I'd have lost eight feet of glass on the short side of an 1,100-square-foot house. Yeah. So I had to put doors to get more glass. Then they come back to me and go, well, you put doors in, so you have to build the deck. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want a deck. I didn't want doors. You made me get doors. Now I have to build a deck. Another little gem was... They kept denying our plan, our initial plan, but didn't tell us why. Finally, they returned it and said, you don't have a driveway permit. I said, well, that's interesting. We don't want a driveway. We have to have a driveway. I said, okay, what specs do we need to build a driveway? Tell us what specs, you know, what size, what width, what depth, whatever, and we'll build it. So we built the driveway. Then approaching the certificate of occupancy closing, they came back to us and said, your driveway's not wide enough. (laughs) That's not funny. I shouldn't laugh, but it's so... Uh, so, We built it to their specs, and then they say it's not wide enough. Right before I closed, I had to spend another three grand widening a driveway I didn't want that they told me to build specifically this way. I then had to widen it and pay $3,000 to do so. To meet their new specs, which had changed since the last spec. So this, this, the part of this that's so interesting is it would be in, it, great if they could say, "Look, here's what you need to do in order to get this thing exactly the way it should be." And if they give it to you all at once, but what they do is they come back and inspect and say and find fault with something that did. In, in some cases, which, as you're pointing out, they actually suggested in the first place. Well, yes, and, 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 and this is not a huge money deal, but it just shows you how minute and obnoxious they are. They came to us and said, you have to plant a tree in your front yard. Here are your three options. Oak, uh, 
another one or, or gumbo limbo. So not only did they say I had to build a plant a tree, they limited it to three options. Well, the oak has tons of roots, and I didn't want that because it would undermine my driveway. All right. Um, that you didn't the want. The other one has, it drops its leaves and it, fl- it flowers and it's pretty, but it, it dump, dumps its leaves and flowers all over your yard. So, of course, you don't want that. So I got the, so I've got a gumbo limbo tree. My, I said to, I said to the uh, county official, can I plant a seed? And put a little sign that says, here's my gumbo limbo tree. <laughs> and he said, no, it has to be, the, 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 the government regulations require it to be 10 feet tall. So I have now an 11-foot gumbo limbo tree in my front yard. Unbelievable. What a story that is, uh, Seton. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah, and a lot of people won't, come, won't talk about these experiences because they are afraid of the rep- repercussions of uh, what could occur as a result of saying this stuff out loud. So I appreciate your sharing it with us because I think it just demonstrates. And, of course, if you talk to anybody in that agency, they're going to say, you know, well, we're Six Sigma. We do a great job. Everybody loves us. No, they don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... it's- well, you know, I, I love like, the federal government, I think, under Obama, set up this, like, rating system where the bureaucrats rate each other. Uh-huh. And it's like, hey, five stars. This guy's great. <laughs> yeah, he sits next to you in your, in your cubicles. You what is that? Uh, so, so yeah. Seton, listen, we didn't talk about the uh, pharmaceuticals, which is an important part of your column. I'm just going to encourage our listeners to go to Red State and just uh, do a search on... Uh, on uh, Seton Motley's Most Annoying When Thieves Pretend They're Stealing to Help You. Also, go to uh, lessgovernment.org is the website, lessgovernment.org, or you can find uh, Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your very animated and interesting commentary. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm looking at my driveway right now. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Seton. Thank you. Coming up, we're going to visit with the mayor, mayor of Naples. Well, used to be, anyhow. Bill Barnett, we're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can visit the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Mayor Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Well, Bob, thank you. It is a uh, kind of a drizzly morning out here, um, which I was surprised at, but uh, I shouldn't be. It's the Florida weather pattern. But, uh, yeah, it's nice to be on the show. 
Well, thank you, Bill. And, uh, of course, uh, I don't know where you're going, but if you're in Naples, you don't have to necessarily wear a mask. But if it's other unincorporated Collier County, they've got a new mask mandate, as you're aware. Just any thoughts on that? <laughs> well, right now I'm right now I'm uh, 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 outside of Skillets uh, near DeVoe Cadillac. I'm going to meet somebody for breakfast when you and I are done. So, I mean, I have my mask with me, and I'm... It's a restaurant, so you know you don't have to wear it inside the restaurant. Um, but uh, you know, it's like we've been talking about. Uh, it's like we we've been talking about um, all the time. It's uh, there's just so much controversy about it, and then Penny Taylor, of course, changes her mind. Yeah, and made a decision, and then then she then she changes her mind, and uh, it's uh, it's crazy. It's hard to. Hard to get a handle on it. No, I agree. I, you know like, I mean? With regard to Penny Taylor, by the way, she, she was in a tough place. And I really respect her personal life, everything she's done for children. She's raised, I don't know how many foster children, but it's really been amazing what she's done. And she's so supportive in such a great way. But my goodness, just stand up and where's the science behind this mass business? And in fact, we were talking earlier in the show. That, well, yeah, go ahead, Bill. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to well, say, say that uh, you know what, Bob. It 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 depends. Honest to gosh, it depends on who you listen to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, I mean, you can find it's almost like I use an analogy that's not the not the not the greatest analogy, but it works. It's like you know, you go to your doctor and your doctor tells you you've got a you've got a week to live, um, and you, you're not happy with that at all. And so you go for another opinion and uh, keep getting the same answer. Finally, you find someone that says, oh, no, no, they misdiagnosed. You know, you're, you're going to live forever. I mean, it's a matter of who do you want to, who do you want to give credibility to? Right. Okay, Dr. Fauci, um, uh, there's, there's a lot of good credentialed people out there that say, look, this mask works, okay? This is what we need to do to cur- cut the curve. And then there's others that say, no, it doesn't do anything. So I really think it comes down to the old bottom line of, of, of choice. Yeah. Um, not necessarily the mandating. Um, I know that I, I told you before, I don't have any qualms about it. I believe that it, it helps. And uh, how much effort is it for me to put the darn mask on when I go into a business? I'm not in there in and out every you know, oh, that's, all the time. Uh, it's going to have, I mean? have minimal impact on my life, I can assure you, in the time that I'll be wearing a right. mask, I'll probably be 45 seconds in and out of a restaurant, you know, so. Right, right, exactly, so, exactly. But I feel so, for the people I that, mean, it, I, I feel for the people yeah. that have to wear it all day, for example, if they're working in a business or so, you know, that kind of thing. It well, can, you're right. Yeah, so. Yeah, you're right. So, Bill, uh, the question I, I would have is, uh, what do you think is going to happen in Naples? I mean, that's this is for unincorporated areas. Naples, of course, is incorporated. Well, if they can find the mayor, I guess uh, <laughs> they'll probably just uh, uh, do what uh, what the county did. Normally, they could have done that very easily the other day, Bob. They could have just said, you know, I, nobody was there. At least I don't know whether anybody was there from the city or not. Um, I, I'd heard the city manager was there, but nobody said anything. And it would have been so easy to just say, yeah, uh, the, the city will just tie on to whatever the county does because it doesn't make much sense <clears throat> for one to do something without the other. You know what I mean? Yeah, although... I, I don't know. I think it'd be better for business, <laughs> quite frankly, if uh, they didn't have the mask mandate in Naples. It might encourage people to go to restaurants and other places down there. Well, restaurants don't have a... Restaurants really and truly, you know, um, don't have an effect on that because you're not wearing a mask in a restaurant anyway. Right. Only when you walk in the door. No. <laughs> right. Do you sit well, down I'm at your table? I'm carrying mine in the door. So, so. That's <laughs> yeah, too much. I don't know, Bob. You know what? It's something that, that, that we could probably talk about from now for a long time. We'll have to see. We just need that. We need that curve to. Uh, to, to break um, and uh, you know it's again it comes back to what we said what's causing it is the socialization yeah you know I mean you know everybody's part you know the kids having parties and now it's all of a sudden the average age has dropped drastically yeah um, because they thought they were immune to it yeah so you know I don't know 
I just hope they do get that vaccine and, uh, and that uh, um, it, it works. But um, I know that last night on Facebook, uh, uh, one of the former one of the count, the current council members, I think he's the, I think he's the vice mayor, Terry Hutchinson, made a remark about the next thing coming up will be mandatory vaccines, and we should be prepared for that and whatever. And that was probably one of the most ridiculous things I ever heard in my entire life. And uh, uh, I think your wife. Uh, happened to see that post because it was like yikes you gotta be kidding where do these people come up with this stuff she you know she i'm sure yeah. it didn't make her happy i didn't see the post but i can imagine well, it her didn't make me happy yeah <laughs> didn't make me happy either it's like why would you get people stirred up about someday down the road having to have a mandatory vaccine i've never in all my lot of years on this earth heard anything about making anything mandatory unless it was measles or chickenpox or something and even that i don't know whether it was mandatory or not way back when yeah so who well, knows you know as being a being a libertarian i think we, we each should be in charge of our own body and take responsibility for our good health and so forth it shouldn't be up to the state and uh, to me it's just so offensive that even a public elected public official should think okay we're going to tell you what to do because you can't figure it out for yourself pretty obnoxious well Exactly. I mean, you know, like I said, you we, we, we this was one of those uh, one of those subjects that you would never run out of words for, <laughs> so to speak. But uh, <laughs> yeah, other than that, uh, um, you know, there's been some traffic. Uh, I, I know that we're all trying to support our restaurants, and um, uh, but it's tough, you know, going out. But on the other hand, as I say, I'm, I'm hoping that they can make it through the summer. I Me too. Lose some. Yeah, I mean, we were at uh, Blue Provence last night. Wonderful experience. Boy, the food is just so fantastic. Oh, it there. is. Just really nice. So, uh, and yeah, is, that, is, he is Jacques staying open? He's staying open, and I just encourage uh, our, our listeners to uh, support local businesses. Support the uh, the local folks. Don't go to those chain places that uh, you know are all over. Yeah, the we yeah. We we went to uh, Cosmos for a quick quick bite of Italian last night, and uh, you know spaced out really well. And actually, Bob, I'll tell you before we get up there, we went to it was my daughter's birthday yesterday, her fiftieth, and we went to USS Nemo mm -hmm. for lunch, and it was spectacular. They have spaced out beautifully. The food is so. I tell you what, lunch is like eating dinner, though. That's that's the only problem. The portions are generous, and the food is so good. Yeah, and we don't plug that. Too much, but um, a great restaurant. They have Especially been and have been lunch. for years. Uh, SS. Oh yeah, fabulous sure. place. Well, Bill, you know what? I always appreciate your commentary here in the show, and uh, hope you enjoy breakfast there next. Uh, I guess it's Skillets is where you're going to be today. So. Yeah, yeah, Skillets is always good, and uh, um, looking forward to it. And I will uh, catch up with you soon. All right, Bill. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well, uh, before I let you go today, I do want to make a comment about uh, presumptive uh, Democrat presidential nominee Joe Biden called President Donald Trump's first American racist president. That's he actually said that. I'm not kidding. He said he called Trump a racist. He made the charge during a virtual town hall put on by the Service Employees International Union, SEIU. Uh, and by the way, as I understand it, the f fewer than 100 people actually attended this thing. This thing, a virtual of town hall. He's responded to a question about what Trump referring to as coronavirus as Wuhan or China virus. He said what the president has done in his spreading of racism, the way he deals with people based on the color of their skin, their national origin, where they're from is absolutely sickening, said former vice president. You know what? He's the one. It's a, that's simply a matter of projection, psychological mechanism of projection. Do, he's accusing the, Trump of doing exactly what he does. And, of course, we can go back in time. The fact of the matter is, this is an insult to the intelligence of black voters. It's really rich coming from a guy who proudly befriended segregationists, touted an award for George Wallace, honored a former exalted cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan, worried his kids would grow up in a racial jungle, marveled that Barack Obama was articulate and clean, bragged about being from a slave state, and repeatedly used the N-word. 
Uh, President Trump loves all people, works hard to empower all Americans, and is supported by more black voters than any Republican presidential candidate in modern history. No one should take lectures on racial justice from Joe Biden. That, of course, from Katrina Pearson, who uh, is a senior advisor to the campaign. Well, that's a result. That's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We have great guests lined up for tomorrow. William Yateman, a research fellow at the Cato Institute. I'm hoping to have Alfie Oaks on the show. Uh, Dave Beagles, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep, and Dr. Lee Gross will be joining us as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs>